Welcome to the HT Cambridge podcast. For more information, see our website, htcambridge.org.uk. Our reading is taken from the first letter of John, chapter 4, which you can find in your pew Bibles on page 1227, 1227. 1 John, chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone loves, who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an anointing sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we, all, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if, one, if we love one another, God lives in us and he, his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and, seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be our savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and, rep and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in the world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Hello. Seeing a stack of Bibles down there. It's our fifth Bible. Well, good evening. And um, for those who don't know, I'm Ollie. I'm the curate here. It's great to be here. Normally, I'm uh, doing youth things out at this point, so it's nice to be, uh, to be with you. So we've come to the uh, end of a kind of a mini-series on uh, foundations for life. And so um, tonight, we're looking at love, the ultimate gift. So um, in research for this talk, I went to, to kind of find out what is love. I wanted to find out, you know, what people's view on what is love. So I, I, I discovered a bunch of uh, school children's views on what is love. It's always a good place to start with the small children. You never know what they're going to say. So this is Carl, aged five. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. Bethany, age four. I let my big sister pick on me because my mum says she only picks on me because she loves me. No, wait for it. So I pick on my baby sister because I love her. Um, Billy, age four. When someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You know that your name is safe in their mouth. That's pretty nice. Look at that corner over there. If you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. That's Mikhev, age six. That's pretty profound. Um, 
I know my sister loves me because she gives me all her old clothes and has to go out and buy new ones. <laughs> okay. And this is my favorite, okay? Love is telling your wife that she looks pretty even if she looks like a truck. <laughs> Ricky, age seven. What well a Ricky. <laughs> Brutal. Anyway, um, so that was my first port of call of research. And uh, then I, I went into you know, the internet to find out what their views on love. And I discovered a website called um, The Love Calculator. And what this website does, it's obviously very scientific, and um, I wouldn't recommend checking it out. But anyway, you, you, you put your name, and you put the person you love, this was my wife, just in case some people were wondering, in there, and nothing else. It's incredible. They don't need any more details about you. And you press this little calculate button, and uh, very quickly, I might uh, say, uh, it comes out with a statistical probability of how well you are compatible, I know. It, obviously, some Cambridge boffins have worked out this. How, uh, it, so, but I'm pleased to say that Dr. Love gave Lois and myself 83% uh, probability. That's pretty good. And it says, Dr. Love thinks that a relationship between Ollie and Lois has a very good chance of being successful. <laughs> However, there is a dis disclaimer. There's always a disclaimer on a website. You've got to look for it, and it's very small, and it says, it's not possible to get 100% probability. Therefore, there is no guarantee of any kind that the relationship will work out between these two people. So uh, there's the little disclaimer. So I'm not going to figure out what is love from Dr. Love. He doesn't seem that uh, reassuring. But what is interesting is um, in 2012, this phrase, what is love, it was uh, the most searched for phrase internationally in Google. You may have you know, come up with many other things you think would have been that, but that is quite an extraordinary statistic. And so the subject of love is something that people want an answer to. They want to know the meaning of it. They want to know, you know, how do we find it? And it's easy to find stuff all over the Internet about love. You know, what happens when we fall in love? How to fall in love? The benefits of being in love. However, there is very little given about why we love anything in, in the first place. Why have we been created to love? So the challenge, and I, I want to give you a challenge tonight. Uh, if I were to guarantee that you could discover love this evening, would you take it? Well, luckily for you and for me, the answer is in the passage that was read. So if you keep your uh, Bibles open, um, we're going to look at verse 8. This is uh, um, uh, 1 John 4, and we're 7 to 18, but we're looking at 8 now. And it says this, verse 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. What does love look like? Well, it's God. God's existence has always been and will always be one of love. H how is that possible? Well, it's through uh, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there's this um, Greek word called uh, perichoresis, which describes how the Father, the Son, and this Holy Spirit are in perfect relationship with one another. And it's almost as if they were dancing around and through the other in, in perfect unity. And it's quite an amazing image. And if you were to watch this 
this dance almost. It would be impossible to know where one person begins and the other person ends. And it's because of this idea is that Christians can say God is love because he is in love and of himself. And it is an amazing image. And what is amazing is this, this expression of love is, is not just contained between the Trinity. It, it is directed towards us. As we've been created as an expression of God's love. So verse 10, this is maybe the, the take-home, remember verse of, the, of this evening. And it's this, this is love. Not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's such an amazing demonstration of God's love. You know, he, he reached out towards us. What an amazing image. But you may be thinking, okay, so God loves us. But we can all have different images come to mind when we think of a God of love. And often, we can have kind of messed up definitions of what love really is. Usually, uh, it, it's conditional. You know, we love someone because they fulfill a particular uh, condition uh, in our life before, you know, something that we require before we love them. You know, how many times have you heard it said, you know, I love you because you are you're cute, or I love you because uh, you take good care of me, or I love you because you are fun to be with. Our love is corrupted as a wounded person who tries hard to, to share their, their version of love. Then there's the media and what we watch on TV and the news and the papers and portraying their version of love often as a merely kind of physical experience. But can anyone really comprehend unconditional love? I'd say the, that, that pet, the love that parents have for their children, though this is still imperfect and has its limitations, might be the, the closest thing we can think of, of unconditional love. For me, I, I will continue to love my daughters. I have two, two girls, and uh, I'll continue to love them through good times and bad. I won't stop loving them if they don't meet my lofty expectations. You know, I will make a choice to love them even when I consider them to be acting pretty unlovable. And my love doesn't stop when I don't feel personally love for them. And I believe this is a similar to, to God's love for us. But as we shall see, God's love transcends a, a whole new definition of the word. And, it, and it's hard for us to, to fully comprehend. What would um, unconditional love look like for you? Well, immediately for me, I think of 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 and 5. And it, it kind of gives a list, a descriptive list of what love is. Listen to it. it. Love is patient. It is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud or rude or self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It doesn't. No, it keeps no record of wrongs. That is the ultimate definition of love. One in our relationships that I'm sure we will, we will struggle to live up to as we only know imperfect love. 
But what is great, what is amazing is God's love is perfect. Everything God does, he does in love. Every decision he makes, every thought he has, every action he takes is rooted in love. God does nothing in your life unless it is based in, on love. The only language God speaks is love. When you hear God speak in your life, it's always words of unconditional love. And it's going to sound like words from 1 Corinthians 13. Is this the image that you have in your mind uh, of, a, of a loving God? Is that, what, is that your relationship with God at the moment? If you don't know the gospel today, what the ultimate expression of love looks like, well, it, it's, it's, it's told us in verses 9 and 10. And this is the message version. It says this, This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. That is an amazing image of the love of God, what, Jesus, what the Father did for us through sending his son. And there's a, there's a great story that uh, I watched maybe a year or so ago, and some of you may have seen it, of a, of a father and son, of uh, Dick and Rick Hoyt. Now, uh, the son, he was severely paralyzed, and, he's, uh, and he asked his father if he would take him on a marathon. And the father, he, he said yes. And despite having a heart condition, he, he went ahead with it. And they did this marathon together. And then later on, the son comes to the father and again and says, Dad, will you, will you do the Ironman with me, the race with me? Now, for those of you who don't know, the Ironman race is the hardest triathlon of all time. And uh, the father says yes. And this triathlon comprised of three endurance events. It's a two-and-a-half-mile ocean swim. It's followed by a 112-mile bike ride and ending with a 26-mile marathon. Pretty rock hard. Anyway, what I thought would be good is it's a great image of the father's love for the son. And uh, I was going to show a little video. It's not the best quality video, um, but uh, it would give you an idea of uh, what I want to talk about after. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. To my knees will I fall, will I sing? 
Well, I always found that video just so powerful. What an image. And what is so amazing about the story is that the, it's all about the son. And him getting freedom, him getting a sense of life. And while the father, he, he gives everything he has to make that happen. And um, this is the love that, that we, we need today. If you don't know the father's love, the, f- the love of the father that gives everything, but costs him everything. A love that f- can forgive all your mistakes, that can heal all your hurts, that can never leave you or never let you down. A perfect love that, that gives, gives you peace. If you want to know that love, then we will have an opportunity at the end of this talk just to just respond to that. Because it's such an amazing thing to have. So the first thing is that God is love. And the second thing is we're made to love. Firstly, we're made to love God. In verse uh, 7, uh, the second half of verse 7, it says, Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. I've been a, um, 
a dad for nearly six years now. And being a parent, it, it's crazy. Nothing prepares you for uh, this little person, how much they're going to literally mess up your life. Everything becomes complicated with a, with a child, with children. They demand so much attention that there's always something you need to be doing just to keep them alive. Uh, you know, feed them, bath them, uh, give them water, get them to sleep, uh, you know, just take them for walks. Sounds like a dog, actually, but put clothes on their back. Uh, my life was so much easier before I had children. I remember what it was like to sleep to midday. Yes, I used to do that. I could do that. I, I, I remember what it was like to have leisurely breakfast. Yes. Uh, to go out spontaneously. That's not happened for a while. To not be able to hum every um, theme tune from CBeebies. Uh, those were the good old days. But why on earth did I, did I throw all that away? Well, the answer is simple. I've been made to love. It's part of my DNA. It makes me feel alive. And one way uh, I, to express that, and I've been able to express that, is through having kids. And, and despite all the personal pleasures that have been taken away, which many have, um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't trade them in, in a million years. My love for my girls is uh, it's so great that I, I know I would, uh, without hesitation, lay my life down for them. It would be my natural response. And I assume at the moment that my, my children, my, they love me. And uh, that's what they say anyway. But I, and I pray that will be the case all the, for all times. But I cannot kind of force them to love me, can I? It's not something I can do. And uh, what makes it so amazing is that they can choose to love me despite all my flaws and failures, like future, you know, maybe threatening boyfriends in the future. They can choose to love me despite all that. But in the same way, uh, we have a choice to love God, don't we? You know, it's not forced. And uh, though, as this passage says, it's something that we've been created to do. We've been made to love God, but it's not forced upon us. And if I, a sinful man, will, without hesitation, lay my life down for my children, how much would the God of heaven show his perfect love for us, his children? And what is amazing is our God, God loves it when we turn our affection towards him. In Isaiah uh, 62, verse 5, it says, As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Isn't that amazing? God rejoices over you. You may not think that at the moment. I don't know what's going on in your life at the moment, but the Lord rejoices over you. One of the greatest moments in my day, other than you know, spending time with Rupert, that's a great moment of my day, uh, uh, is coming home and opening my door. And other than seeing my wife, which is a, is a joy in itself, but it's been a while since her reaction was anything like that of my children, is when they, they, they hear I've come in and they will scream my name. Daddy! And then they will laugh hysterically. And then they will run at full power and jump into my arms. And... Uh, I love to pick up my kids. I love to give them a hug. And it brings me great joy, personally, knowing their, their love for me. It is a great privilege. It's a great pleasure in my life. And God delights in you when you and I express love to him. When we worship him. When we just say, God, you are amazing. You, you are an extraordinary God. I love you. When we, we stay in his presence. When we have time with him when we get stuck into his word, when we involve him in, in, in our lives, 
you bring great joy to God. We're also meant to love others as well. So we're meant to express our love to God, but we're also to love others. And in verse 11, it says, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. That's not an easy task, is it, to love one another? Because sometimes some people can be quite difficult to love. You know, they can be inconsiderate. They can be difficult. They can be those thankless people. Maybe some of you may be thinking, oh, I don't know those people. Maybe you are those people. But... And I remember in my previous job, I was a youth pastor, and over the years, working with young people, I, I met many youth who had you know, come from mixture of backgrounds, some trouble backgrounds, some very you know, ordinary backgrounds, and, but they would often test my ability to love them. You know, acts of kindness and generosity could often be thrown back in my face, and their lives could sometimes go from bad to worse, and it was sometimes hard to love people who, who didn't show much love back. But we are to love them all the same, aren't we? And not with gritted teeth, but praying that, that God would give us love that is patient, that is kind. All those things that we read in 1 Corinthians 13. And verse 12 tells us, if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. So you don't have to be you know, an expert at this straight away. For God takes our small imperfect love and he almost kind of for a better word kind of supercharges it with his perfect love and i love that image of that we are it's perfected in us the more we do it god it perfects our love because he's living in us and there was a young guy i used to work uh, with and he gave me plenty of frustration he tested my patience he deceived me he kept getting in trouble with the law and i and i did find it hard to love this kid but i, I gave what i could and he was a, a gifted rap artist, and he sent me a song that he wrote about, and he, and he had kind of included me in his intro, in his new album. And um, it's the only rap song I'm in, but that's I'm going to tell it to you today. And it's, it's only short, and I read it with a disclaimer that there were, I was far from perfect with this guy, and there were many other people who had an impact in this young man's life. But something rubbed off in him, and I just wanted to, to share with you right now uh, what kind of a little act of love can, can do. So I'm not going to sing it. Okay, sorry. But I'm just going to say it. <coughs> Since I remember, this guy was always there. That's me. Uh, supporting me through the times when life weren't treating me fair. And when everyone left me alone, out on the cold roads, he was there. Inviting me into his own home. Madness. Yeah, I know. And when I needed money, he was like, here you go. Still ain't paid him back. But love is what you show. He straightened me out when I was ready to blow. And when I was on the road, stealing, drug dealing, he was like, no. <laughs> that was my, my profound counsel right there. But that's uh, all I had. Um, but this boy, he was far from perfect. But the love of God through, through me, through my other youth leaders, through other kind of work colleagues, he changed this young man's life. And he knew that Jesus loved him. Despite all his flaws, there was a, a new confidence in this young man. And he knew he was loved and he could, he could love others now. He was able to start actually showing you know, love and affection to others. And so I just was thinking on this. I just think the challenge that we face is for us to be effective witnesses of Jesus. It's not necessary to be the, the most read, even though that does help, or to be culturally relevant or 
always as well-spoken, but to be completely and utterly sold out for Jesus. You know, when you love him, even your small offering of imperfect, you know, just rubbish love sometimes, when we just haven't got very often much to give, can be used to, to change someone's life because God lives in us. And I just want to ask you, is this the kind of love that you're seeing impacting people uh, around you in your life? And if not, I, I want to offer you that there is, this is all available to us. And finally, uh, just this is quite short, we can know perfect love in our own lives. In verse 18, it says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. What a passage. That, you know, what is gripping you at the moment? What kind of uh, fear is gripping you at the moment? Is it fear of failure? Is it rejection? Is it missing out of something or, or uh, not being recognized? Maybe it's uh, not getting that top job. Maybe you have a fear of, maybe fear of death. Whatever it is, I believe the Lord is here to, to speak into those areas in your life. And my wife and I, we used to have lodges in our house. And we'd often, they came from all different walks of life. And it was just a great opportunity to meet lots of different people. And we'd often get an opportunity to pray for them. And there was this um, one guy who uh, he came to live in our house. And he, he was suffering from depression. And he was gripped with fear about what the future held in his life and his family's life. And I asked him one day uh, if, if he wanted us to pray for him. It's a really simple thing. And he bowed upright and said, yes, please. I would love that. And we prayed for him, and we got the opportunity to tell him about Jesus and the love Jesus has for him. And we could tell from his face, he was just genuinely moved. And for the first time, he, uh, the next morning he came down, he said, for the first time in six months, he was able to sleep through the night. And I was just you know, struck by, you know, what perfect love of God is such a medicine to us, isn't it? When we, when we know that actually there is something greater out there, it's a medicine to us. It helps us to kind of reorientate our lives and remind us who we are in God's eyes. And uh, it was a big impact for that, for that man. And I, I believe it's a, it can be such an important thing for us, even for those who believe you are, you know, said you're Christians all for many years. Uh, it's a big thing for us to, to, to realize that God loves us. And I believe there will be many people here who, who actually think, I know that God loves people, but I just don't believe he loves me. You don't quite know I, my, my failures, my, my, my broken relationships, maybe my, 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 my broken experiences of love in my life. And I want to encourage you today to take a step of faith to and encounter his, his perfect love. We will have a, and I will have an opportunity at the end in just a few moments to, to respond to that. And I would love it if some of us could just be praying for, for one another in the f and we have an opportunity to pray for the Father's love in your life. So as we end our series on um, this foundations of life, you know, we have looked at faith, hope, and love. And these are to be our foundations in life, you know, the things we've got to get right. If we want to call ourselves Christians and follow Jesus, we've got to get these things right. But it's no coincidence that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, that the greatest of these is love. For when we know in our inner being this truth, when, when it becomes that you know, foundation for our existence, for our life, we will start to live the way that God intended. And if fear or anxiety or whatever is the driving force in your life at the moment, may it stop tonight. 
For there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. I'm just going to read a, just an extract from, a, from the uh, Purpose Driven Life um, book. And um, maybe as I read these words, maybe you want to, if you're comfortable there, you can just close your eyes or just listen to these words and uh, try and receive them. Take them in for yourself. And um, yeah, I'll just read this. You were planned for God's pleasure. The moment you were born into the world, God was there as an unseen witness, smiling at your birth. He wanted you alive, and your arrival gave him great pleasure. God did not need to create you, but he chose to create you for his own enjoyment. You exist for his benefit, his glory, his purpose, and his delight. Bringing enjoyment to God, living for his pleasure, is the first purpose of your life. When you fully understand this truth, you will never again have a problem with feeling insignificant. It proves your worth. If you are that important to God, and he considers you valuable enough to keep with him for eternity, what greater significance could you have? You are a child of God, and you bring pleasure to God like nothing else he has ever created. I'm just going to invite the band to come up right now. And, um, I would, so praying about this uh, service, and I just thought it would be appropriate to uh, respond um, straight straight away, really. And um, how I, I, I feel this we, we could do this is I'm just going to invite you to, to stand up where you are. If you would love to just know the Father's love, maybe you've been Christian for a long time and you, you've, you just, you know that you're still kind of, there's lots of fears in your life, or maybe you just don't believe it to be really true for you, those words then I would, we would love to pray for you. But then maybe the you don't know the Lord, and you would also love to just know this Father's love. Well, I want to encourage us all that it, God is here, and he wants to meet with us. And if we want to stand up and uh, say, God, meet with me, uh, I need you right now, then uh, I believe the Lord w will do exactly that. So we're just going to uh, have some music playing quietly, and I'm just going just gonna to pray. And after my prayer, or even during my prayer, just feel free to stand up. And then those around you, and just encourage you to pray for them. If you feel happy to do that, maybe just lay a hand on them and pray for them. And just ask the Lord to, just to bless them. And we'll just uh, see what happens. Lord, thank you that you are incredibly a God of love. You are not a distant father. You are a father that is in the mess of our lives and uh, is part of our lives. And Lord, I just ask that um, you would meet with each and every single person in this room tonight who uh, just wants to, to uh, have a touch of uh, your love in their lives right now. Maybe it's because we've been feeling distant to you for a long time or we just haven't 
given certain areas of our life over to you, but Lord, we want to do that right now. So we just ask your Holy Spirit to come and meet with your people here. Just meet with your children here. And show us all how, how special we are in your eyes. like prayer, just take a stand and we'll pray for you. And as people stand up, maybe if you are uh, able and feel able to do that, just want to lay a hand on them and just pray for them. Just want to be family together. just like to encourage us um, because I can't quite work out why we're not all standing up because God has such an immense ocean of love for us and none of us have experienced it to the full yet and what Ollie's been talking about is God's assuring love his love in abundance for every one of us and I would be so disappointed for any of us to creep home without having said to the Lord Lord you have my heart and I would love you to fill it with your love. So can I just reiterate Ollie's promise and say, um, if you'd just like God to fill your heart with a knowledge of his love, that he died on the cross for you because he loves you that much, just stand now, and we'll ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh with a knowledge of God's love. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you shed your blood for us because you love us that much. And thank you that you promise us not just a cerebral knowledge of you in our brain, but the sensation that you love us from our heart outwards. Send your Holy Spirit upon us that we might receive your love tonight. And we choose, Lord, to hand over to you the lies that we've been trapped by, that we're unlovable, that we'll never be good enough, that we've disappointed you and you're disappointed in us. Thank you that we've heard tonight that you rejoice over us in singing, that you died because you know exactly what we're like and you love us that much. Thank you that you whisper our name and say, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll refresh you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. Come and cast out fear. Come and bring assurance, joy, freedom, delight, laughter, pleasure, 
security. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And we say, thank you, Lord. Amen. We're going to continue to praise the Lord together now. And during this next song, an offering is going to be taken. There'll be a chance to continue receiving prayer at the end of this service, which is not far away. that I face and stronger than the power of the grave and constant through the trial and the change one thing remains you're higher than the mountains that I face Stronger than the power of the grave, and constant through the trial and the change. One thing remains, and your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Oh, your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love.
tribes out there Oh, your perfect love Striving 